The generic live show, not being racist since 2015. Fictional doctors say that you should start your day the generic live show way. This is the generic live show. Thanks for joining us here on the generic live show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. It's the generic live show. We're doing it for Geek.io. Thanks for joining us. Whether you're listening to us live or on your hard drive, it is the generic live show for a Sunday. It is a Sunday, I'm still a bit razzled from something that happened in the pre-show. This is, this is the magical thing about doing a pre-show before the show is, yeah, you get a bit razzled and, you, well, you, you do things and you get lose track of time and, you know, that, 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 it happens. And if you want to be, uh, if you want to watch the show live, you can at twitch.tv slash generic live show or simulcast on geek-io.com. Net, uh, it it's it's available there. Podcast, all of the all of the regular 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 outlets that you would enjoy podcasts. You can watch it there, or you can watch the video version of just me talking hi uh, on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/generic-live-show. Now, I I was a bit hesitant to make this story the top story to talk about at the top of the show here, but it's something that kind of dominated the better half of today, question mark, if, if you want to call, if you, if you prefer halves of days, then this, this story kind of dominated uh, headlines today and kind of over the, over the week. And it's, it's, it's unavoidable. So, the headline reads, Congress reaches deal on Russia sanctions, setting up tough choice for Trump. Tough choice, tough, 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 tough choice for Trump. Uh, <laughs> uh, you. Uh, so, to Trump, dump Trump, yeah, there you go. Uh, congressional leaders have reached an arrangement sweeping sanctions legislations to punish Russia for its election meddling and aggression towards its neighbours. They said Saturday, defying the White House agreement that President Trump needs flexibility to adjust the sanctions to fit diplomatic incentives with Moscow. The new legislation would sharply limit the President's ability to suspend or terminate the sanctions, a remarkable handcuffing by a Republican-led Congress six months into Trump's tenure. It would also... It is also the latest Russia tinned turn for a presidency consumed by investigations into the Trump campaign interactions with Russian officials, including conversations between Trump advisors and Russian officials about prospective sanctions relieved. Now, Mr. Trump could face a decision he had hoped to avoid, veto the bill, a move that would fuel accusations 
that he's doing the bidding of Va uh, President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia or sign legislation imposing sanctions. He uh, has administration has opposed. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. So basically, Trump's in a deadlock. This will be fun. What do you think Trump will do here? What do you, let's play, let's play a fun, let's play a fun game. What will Trump do uh, in this, in this situation? I, I bet that Trump, would Trump, that's, that's the thing though. If Trump vetoes it, it, it kind of looks like, it kind of looks like that he'll be, uh, he'll be kind of working with Russia as opposed to uh, with kind of you know as opposed to trying to keep everyone happy and keep these uh, sanctions alive if that makes sense it, it, it kind of looks bad either way and you, you kind of don't want that to look right but also here's here's the theme music to our there we go what will trump do alright that's the new theme song what will trump do in this situation so uh, what uh, trump either does one or of two things again vetoes the bill or does nothing uh, you know both are bad things to do and I think because it, it's hard when you when you when you're friends with someone and then okay so let's make this smaller Dale analogy time uh, on on our new favorite game to play what will Trump do to make it a smaller analogy think of it like this think of it as someone there are two people in the playground and you're, you're friends with that person in the playground but they they do illegal things and you don't and you really want to stay friends with them but you really want to dob them in for doing these really really bad uh, really really bad things but you really want to stay friends with them at the same time and kind of you kind of had a conflict of what what to do but I suppose when you think of it like as, as a country, back to Trump and Putin, you kind of have to go well. There's whole countries in stake. The whole, the whole quote unquote school is at stake in this in this thing. What should he do? Me personally, I think he should have these sanctions put on him because if it find if if, if it's found out that he did do if he did have sanctions on. Sorry, if he did fiddle with the U.S. election, he has to be—he has to be told that that no, that's not okay to do that. Here's a punishment. But again, doesn't want to hurt his friend. That concludes our favorite segment of what what. Should I do? Okay, there you go. I had to pull that song up. I I I get some points for that, right? Don't I? Uh, quote, a, new, a nearly united Congress is poised to send 
President Putin a clear mission on the half of the American people and our allies. That's what I say. And there's a whole, there's a whole country at stake that isn't just, that isn't just Trump in this in this case. Said Senator Benjamin L. Cardin of Maryland, the top Democrat on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And, quote, and we need President Trump to help us deliver that message, unquote. The bill aims to punish Russia not only for the interference in the election, but also its annexation of Crimea, continuing military activity in the eastern Ukraine and human rights, rights abuses. Proponents of the measure seek to impose sanctions on people involved with human rights abuses, supplies of weapons of the government president Bashar al-Assad in Syria and those undermining cybersecurity, among others. The arrangement highlighted the gap between what President Trump sees a proper approach and resurgent Russia, how lawmakers, even Republicans who broadly support Mr. Trump, want to proceed. Mr. Trump has dangled the possibility of negotiating a deal to lift sanctions. Mr. Putin's top objective, the congressional response, is to expand them. Mm, 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 mm. The White House did not publicly respond to the legislation, but two senior administration officials, officials said that they cannot imagine Mr. Trump vetoing the current measure in the political atmosphere, even if he regards it as interfering with his executive authority to conduct foreign policy. Still, as ever, Mr. Trump remains the capacity to surprise, and it would not be the first decision about whether to veto a significant bill. I, I, I sincerely, I sincerely hope that President Trump, that President Trump doesn't veto this bill. I, I certainly hope, I have, I have faith in the President of the United States of America, that he will not veto these sanctions. But in saying that, there have been there has been twists and turns in relation to in relation to uh, the person in question as well as activities surrounding the person in question. I will say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> that is the diplomatic version of, to, of, of doing this. Da da da. Yeah, there you go. That's 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 definitely the diplomatic version to say that sentence. It's, wow, Dale. Hmm, not self-conscious about about saying anything that may be held against him in thirty something days. Let's just calm it down. Just just a little. Just a little. But I think yeah. Again, rock and hard place. And I don't think that the president of the United States has really has really faced a situation like this that he he is finding a hard time getting out of, if that makes sense. There's been there's been times where he's been put in tough situations and he's been able to whittle his way out, but I don't think that that this is one of those times. I think he's just He's stuck now, as the Trump tracker used to say. Which, by the way, Trump tracker, still no more. <laughs> but we've got this story, we've got these stories at the top of the show to, to compensate, you know? Like I, like I said at the top of the show, we got rid of the Trump tracker, 
last week, by the way, it's no more. We're replacing it with review of a review, which is A, funnier, and B, is is more popular, particularly, you know, there's a ton of movies out that I could be making fun of, uh, making fun of people who review those movies, which is so meta that I still can't get over how meta that is. But, you know, that's more of a funny series than, than Trump Tracker was. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Anthony Scaramucci's path of calling Donald Trump a hack to becoming the White House communications director. Speaking of, speaking of, speaking of Trump, surprise. The first thing I want to say is. Uh, Wait, excuse me. Uh, the first thing I want to say. Uh, no, you do, first thing you want to say is be quiet for uh, Dale's Dale's uh, Dale's podcast. Uh, and this squad leader plays tribute to Sean Spicer as he is a true American patriot. Donald Trump's communication team got quite a shake-up after hiring of Anthony as the new White House communications director. The move prompted press secretary Sean Spicer to allegedly give Mr. Trump a hit-or-me ultimative. Uh, what? Uh, so the guy who sent Mr. Packard, so what happened? Like Mr. Trump, he used to be a Democrat and even raised more money for the former President Barack Obama. Oh, oh boy, oh boy, oh. But for the communications director, that that sort of politics wouldn't wouldn't really come into it, would it? That's that's really not something that that uh, that would come into it much. I wouldn't think. You're there to you're there to you're there to communicate. The, yeah. Uh, Mrs. Sanders uh, was the previous deputy press secretary under Mr. Spicer. Mr. Scorsese will be communications director. Uh, so here, here is here is him. Here's the new communications director, going after Mr. Trump here. We had a tremendous rally in Alabama and people uh, came up and they said, you know, you're treating us fairly. Uh, the hedge fund guys are paying nothing. Uh, yeah, what do they do? They move around paper. I'm moving around paper right now. Oh, here we go. That's another <laughs> hack politician. You call He's Donald pro- Trump a hack? He's a hack politician. Oh, He's probably going to make Elizabeth Warren his vice presidential Ooh. nominee with comments like do think, that. Do you think he's a It's plant? anti-American. It's very, very divisive. You think Donald's a and I'll tell Hillary you who plant? he's going to be president of. You can tell Donald I said this. The Queens County Bullies Association. you got to cut it out now and stop all this crazy rhetoric okay. spinning everybody's heads I like how around. you say that now, but okay. I've had a problem with the way he talked about women for years. I don't like the way he talks about women. I don't like the way he talks about our friend Megyn Kelly. And you know what? The politicians don't want to go at Trump because he's got a big mouth and he's afraid he's going to light him up on Fox News and all these other places. But I'm not a politician. Bring it. So why is he resonating? You're an inherited money dude from Queens County. Bring it, Donald. Oh, that is... That is a paste. So now, here's what he says. When now he's taking over the current communications director, Sean Spicer. He is, I want to thank personally Sean Spicer, uh, not only on behalf of myself, the president, the administration, but Sean is a true American patriot. He's a military serviceman. He's got a great family, uh, and he's done an amazing job. This is obviously a difficult situation to be in, uh, and I applaud his efforts here, and I love the guy, and I wish him well, uh, and I hope he goes on to make a tremendous amount of money. 
is that he was my first call this morning. I met with him before uh, we sat in the Oval Office, and we are committed as true professionals to the team and the process of getting the administration's message out. And I think that's going to be one of the big goals for us. Uh, I said during the transition, and I'll say it up here, uh, I think there's been at times a disconnect between the way we see the president and how much we love the president and the way some of you perhaps see the president. Uh, and I certainly see the American people probably see the president the way I do. Uh, but we want to get that message out there. And, you know, I'm a, remember, I'm a business person. And okay, no, no. Uh, hold the phone. The press secretary wants the American people to see the president as, uh, in his words, not mine, not Dale Campbell of, of Queensland, Australia. Uh, yeah, by the way, that's why you watch the video show, is my facial reactions and my hands flailing everywhere. Uh, is... He called the president a hack. Now, he wants to spread that message to the American people? Not helpful. Okay. Moving along, because we've got, we got a montage for you. And so what up. happens in business a lot of the times is you have some rotation in personnel as you're, as you're making changes, and you have lifestyle choices that people are also making. I would love to have Sean here. Uh, Sean decided that he thought it would be better uh, to go. And for me, as it relates to Sean, it speaks volumes to who he is as a human being, who he is as a team player. Okay, So his attitude is, if Anthony's coming in, let me clear the slate for Anthony. And I do appreciate that about Sean, and I love him for it. Uh, but I don't have any friction with Sean. I don't have any friction with Reince. That's good to know, by the way, that you don't have any harsh feelings towards the previous, the previous communications director about that. I'm I'm glad that things kind of uh, transitioned in that sort of way, very very peacefully and very very diplomatically, I suppose, in that way. But. Let's pay tribute to Sean Spicer. I feel like we owe it of to Of course, him. for weeks we've been hearing reports that the rather beleaguered White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer was about to be replaced. But according to the New York Times, he's still there because nobody else wants the job, literally. <sighs> even though Spicer has been toiling to hire somebody else, asking several times, even when at first they say no, please take my oh, job. Well, look, as Trump Twitter would say, sad. <laughs> In the meantime, Sean's wound back his daily briefings and frankly... We miss him already. <laughs> Sean, don't go! Bye-bye. All right, here's the Sean Spicer moment. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. I mean, just the other day, he sat down with Martin Luther King Jr. Well, first of all, it's not a travel ban. I mean, he's using the, the words that the media is using. But at the end of the day, it can't... Hold on, hold on, hold on. It can't be... It can't be... Well, the president bad. himself called it a I understand. Oh, <laughs> dude. No, I'm not confused. The program's upside down. John Roberts always helping with the fashion too. It's still upside down. When we talked about oh. wiretapping, he meant surveillance. Well, you're coming to some serious conclusions for a guy that has zero intelligence uh, class... I mean, someone as despicable as Hitler, who didn't even sink to the... to the... to using chemical weapons. Hey, Photographs of the inaugural proceedings were intentionally framed in a way, in one particular tweet, to Actually, minimize. No, that's not my favorite. Where's my favorite? My favorite is the. Oh, is it? No, it's not here. Oh. 
Oh, he misunderstood. Um, the president had a very cordial conversation okay. with Prime Minister Trumbull. So he has ensured that while he has respect for the for the Australian people, respect for Prime Minister Trumbull, that he <laughs> not pose a threat to the United <laughs> States. Oh my God, that is great, President Trump, uh, Prime Minister Trumbull. We're like a we're like a dryer. We're like a dryer. I want to play that again. This is good. Um, the president had a very cordial conversation with Prime Minister Trumbull. So he <laughs> Prime Minister Trumbull ensured that while he has respect for the for the Australian people, respect for Prime Minister Trumbull, that we do not pose a threat to the United States of America. Prime Minister Trumbull. Oh my God, that is the greatest thing. That has made my day. I've had a long day, but that has certainly made my day. President Trumbull. Sean Spicer will miss you calling our Prime Minister Trumbull. So, there you go. Wow. Mm -mm. Prime Minister Trumbull. All right, as we continue here on the Generic Live Show, Forest Sunday, uh, how a money-saving expert feeds her family on $40 a week. Ooh. Do you want to feed your family for $40 a week? Here's how you can do it. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure as always. It's The Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show. Whether you're listening to us live, twitch.tv slash generic live show, geek-io.net slash generic live show, or later on on your hard drive. We're everywhere. So this money-saving expert feeds her family for $40 a week. What's her tips? Well, when P Anna Peterson, when PP calculated that she could feed her family family dinner for a dollar and two a serve, she was not happy. Ooh. I said to my husband, "I am upset about that two cents." She told ABC Radio's Melbourne Claire Bowwich, the Melbourne-based blogger. An author learned that her extreme saving methods while living in regional Western Australia. She and her husband, she and her husband, excuse me, lived there for a year in 2004, finding themselves $50,000 in debt. Ooh. We packed a whole flat that we were living in at a time into a van and drove it to the, across the Nullarbor, she said. Oh, in the Nullarbor, either way. She said the move broke them away from the temptations of Melbourne living. In the city, we are all spending. We are going out every weekend, she says. But that's true. 
and that's a Melbourne. That is very. That is a very Melbourne thing uh, to do. Is uh, is to go out every single weekend and uh, eat that, and, and just eat and chill and just go out and do various activities. Let me tell you, I I went there last August and. Man, it is a fantastic city, but boy, it would be expensive to eat out all the time. So, I, I can feel the pain, but just don't have smashed avocado and you can afford a house, right? That's what Prime Minister Tumble says. <laughs> you have to listen to that. You'd have to listen to the first segment to get that joke. Alright, so avoid the supermarket, Miss Peterson says. Miss Peterson said her savings room blog contains thousands of tips of keeping the household budget under control. The main way... She saves money by avoiding the supermarket. I'm shopping once every five weeks at the supermarket, she says. What? She says the biggest killer of household finances was trips to the shop for milk. Huh. Okay. Supermarkets make you walk through millions of aisles to get to the milk. And in that, the process, you spend your money, she says. I'm not the guru of spending... I have my blinkers on, but I still buy too much at the supermarket if I go. Between her big supermarket shops, Miss Peterson visits local shops for fresh fruit, and fruit, vegetables, and milk. I suppose bringing it down to that macro le- micro level is probably a good thing too. Buy a bulk cooking saves money. Stress. Why is there a common stress? Anyway... By spending one weekend a month cooking, Miss Peterson's family of four were able to feed themselves for $40 a week. Ah, gotcha. We're cooking in bulk, so we're putting together freezer meals for an entire month, she says. Her family eat frozen meals five nights a week with cook fresh nights on Friday and Saturday. Hmm. She makes meat dishes more economic by bulk buying them bulk... What? She makes what? she makes meat dishes more economic by bi- bulking them out with beans and blended vegetables. There you go. That's the sentence that you want. Not only does she save money by pre-preparing meals, she also reduces the stress of the work week. On weeknights, when you're busy coming home from business or work and stressed, you can pull out a little shepherd's pie straight out of the freezer and into the oven, she says. We're serving an, an hour a night we're saving an hour a night, no washing up, no dishes, no worries. Uh, it's it's good. Uh, that's a good theory. Uh, so here's here's part of that. Here's part of that. When interview. it comes to making a little go a long way, my next guess is and then I turned it into something a little bit more than a spreadsheet. Um, and look, it, it's such okay, a, well, shop, a huge grocery shop. Um, pulled out my best culinary skills as the basic home cook mum that I am and the calculator of course um, then I even with my little IT background wrote myself a little program you had a little spreadsheet I there had too, a little didn't spreadsheet you? and then I turned it into something a little bit more than a spreadsheet um, and look it, it's such a simple book when you look at it at the end of that process what it, did you find out um, I found out it was possible and not only possible but it's now even um, less. Yeah. Now, so now the dinners are one dollar. This is this is the thing that bothered me. Oh, here dinners we go. are now a dollar two, and I said to my husband, "Did I, you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? One dollar and two cents a serving per meal." 
And I said to my husband, I am so upset about that two cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I understand that. Uh, that is a very good theory. And yeah, saving is, is a huge thing, particularly these days if you want to save money, particularly if you want to just put it aside for one's future or, or however however that works. But yeah, I if you don't mind eating the same thing for the same meal every single day for this for you know the rest of eternity. I mean, I like a bit of variety in in the weekly meal. I mean, I can I can eat the same thing for like you know two days, and if you know taking that to work or for lunch, and instead of buying lunch at work, you know you take leftovers to work and and heat them up, and you know do all that, and then. You have your lunch break, and you don't have to worry about that lunch break, too. So that's also another thing, too. Like, if you take the leftovers to work, you don't have to worry about, okay, lunch is sorted. Cool. One thing to tick off my theoretical to-do list, and, you know, that's fine. I mean, everyone has their own ways, and the the family budget is something that I could dig deep down on, but I will choose not to right now, because... We have to take an outbreak as we continue here on the Genetic Live Show for a Sunday. Well, China's Belt and Road Initiative could withdraw the map on global trade. Hmm. We'll tell you more as we continue here on the Genetic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. It's a pleasure as always. It's The headline makes me sad. Girl 5 in tears after popping a 250 fine over homemade lemonade store. We're going to play the video on this one because this has to require an explanation. I know I was going to be talking about, you know, trade and something serious, but but this this is taken you know, this, this new Subaru Outback of mine is one attention. hell of a motor car. Space Age Tech. No, that's, it's not about a motor car. Indeed, it's not a bit of a, a motor car, but... Uh, so, we, we can check off the obligatory ad interrupts GLS early. That's More about good. it. I realised that, you know, this is quite wrong. It's stopping our kids from getting out there and giving things a try. So, a five-year-old girl has been fined. Setting up a lemonade stand near her London home. The youngster and her father created the store together, selling drinks for people on their way to a nearby festival. I hate this. Enforcement officers came up to us, approached us very legalistically, and began reading off a script. I'm sure they've read hundreds of times before. Uh, you know, talking about infringement upon local trading standards, etc. Uh, we had this fine, and if we paid within 14 days, then it would be only 90 pounds rather than 150. 
Um, and then they walked away and halfway through this my daughter burst into tears and started saying I've done a bad thing daddy I've done something wrong and I was holding her uh, while she, oh. she sobbed um, and you know it was quite heart heart-wrenching of course the fine was cancelled after it gained attention uh, we're very sorry about this happened but we can accept our enforcement on show some common sense clearly this not happen that's a statement I think initially she was a bit shocked and sad and then I suggested we try it again with the permits and she said oh it's a bit scary but I think hopefully in the future you know um, she, she might give something like this a try again I feel sorry for her oh my god she's a, she's a five-year-old kid I mean the dad was there too but it's a five-year-old kid showing some initiative. First of all, oh, cute. Second of all, I... It's just stories like this, just... Why? Why do people... I, I get... I get that, that there are laws, and I get that... You have to do what you have to do. But can't you, when, when it's a five-year-old, can't you just go... Can't you just go, oh, sweetie, you shouldn't be doing this with the permits, you know. You, you, you really shouldn't be doing this with the permits, you know. This is a this is not a good thing to do. Uh, you know, your parents then, let the parents, you know, know that the permit has to be, and if they're caught again, just not the, uh, don't do the thing. No. It, oh. It, I hope, I hope this... I hope this five-year-old child, uh, I hope this five-year-old child continues to sell lemonade. And I know, and I know that they've got the permits now and it, it kind of, it kind of all worked out in the end, but it's, it's just, it got warm and fuzzies inside just then. Oh, my reaction, Dale. Dale listens to stories about children and melts on the internet. Uh, now to trade. <laughs> what the what what a strange what a strange show. We go from talking about a five year old, uh, a, a cute, heartwarming story about a five year old to China's Belt and Road Initiative. <laughs> from lemonade stands from lemonade stands to China's Belt and Road Initiative. Jesus, GLS always just knocking it out of the park. Uh, so I do have to put that, do have to put that story in here, just, just, just to be safe. But no, oh, warm and fuzzy story of the day. There you go. But yeah, everything worked. I know everything worked out fine, and everyone's not, you know, everything was being sorted out. But did the police officers really have to do that? That that sucks. That really, really sucks on their part. Uh, but, but, but from lemonade stands to South China Sea operations, <laughs> it's a one trillion dollar project that could redefine global trade and ma mark a tipping point for a new Asian century. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so. Uh, but despite large ambition and a vast scale, it is relatively little that is known about how China's great plan might work in practice. With Aussie's companies being told to get in the action before it's too late, here's what you should know about the global project. 
that could redraw the map. Ooh. China's Belt and Road Initiative. China is working to develop a vast network of railways and ports dubbed the Belt and Road Initiative, BRI, that includes Silk Road Economic Belt Overland and the 21st Century Marine Time Silk Road, which is a series of ports and railways. Combined, the plan will include more than 60 countries, 4.4 billion people, that's billion with a B, people passing through Asia, Europe, Africa, and the Middle East, covering up to 40% of the global GDP. In one fell swoop. It is expected to cost at least 900 billion, with a B, with estimates up to three times that. China is already here. Pledged more than 100 billion with a B, and it is to complete with a series of bilateral projects such as a 46 billion with a B, China to Palestine, Pakistan economic corridor, or a 5.2 billion with a B railway that will eventually link Laos with Thailand, Malaysia, and Singapore. Wait, those don't already exist? That, that seems like a thing that should already exist. The Chinese embassy says the overall vision, quote-unquote, is to build a, quote, road of peace, prosperity, opening up innovation and civilization, unquote, that is open for collaboration with other countries, and it is inspired by the accent sick road. I said silk before, but I meant sick road. It is, it said, and... Over the next five years, China will spend up to one trillion with a team in participating countries. Uh, so where does it, so it goes? Uh, so it goes. So the railway. I'm confused on. So it's basically essentially a loop. Is that how that works? But it can't be a loop because that doesn't really work. Because that's not over water. I don't understand how this diagram works. Someone explain how a diagram. How does a diagram work? Generic life show. Enjoy. So it goes from goes from China down through Laos, Thailand, and out to the ocean. There, I guess. High-speed rail from Thailand to China has already been funded by the Thai government. There you go. So it'll loop around from China all the way through Kazakhstan, all through there, through Turkey, over through to Poland, through Germany. And then the next one is from Italy all the way down through Egypt, Saudi Arabia, out through some Slamonia, is that? And then out through Africa, 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 Middle East. Uh, India's there, uh, it does things, uh, Sri Lanka, uh, out through Singapore, down to Indonesia, up through Malaysia, and out through there. Huh. Okay. I think that's how, I think that's how that works. I cannot confirm. Alright. The tipping point. The enormous venture has been called the quote-unquote big story in Asian business that could redefine global trade, combined with US President Trump to pull out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Some could suggest that it's a signal to start of China's becoming the leader of the globalized exports. S-O-A-S 
Try Ishishu Expert. Excuse me, wow, I'm tired. Dr. Yanka Kabaosi said while China President Xi Jinping, wow, woo, Dale Settle Pedal, 2013 speech on the plan has has seen it hyped to as a quote-unquote new strategy is actually a combination of an old idea to assert Chinese potential and economic power. The initiative is a complex one, she told news.com.au. It is encompassed of areas of security and economics and is also China's challenge to the US homogeny. It is a part of the parcel of China's trying to assist itself in raising power and having influence, having this influence in power politics commiserate their status. One belt, one trap is the next headline here. China has touted the project as a way of connecting and developing some of the most diverse countries in the world, providing economic opportunities to left-behind regions. However, it is also widely seen as a way of creating markets for Chinese goods, which helps solve the problem of overcapacity for China. Meanwhile, strategic and geopolitical overtones reinforce its dominance in the region. Ah, ba da ba, there you go. They have all of it under there in you know around their little finger, so I suppose that's that would make sense why they wouldn't want China to have the whole control. Quote No one's being preserved as a threat is something that the Chinese is very conscientious conscious about or conscientious either way. About so they trying to package it the way of saying we're investing in infrastructure. Can't you see? Isn't this a fun time for everyone? We're investing in infrastructure. We control it all, but hey, you can use it if you want. <laughs> uh, others have been le- less diplomatic. Chinese expert Tom Miller told BBC, parts of it could be described as a giant bribe. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> Sorry, but well, yes, that's what China's going to use it for. I, that's, that's, that's the whole... That's kind of part of the point is that China would have control over over everything then they would they would control what passes through their their belt and what kind of comes around and and what goes on the circle i mean yeah they can they can and they can bribe with other countries about what they what they can do or can't do on the on the line and if China likes something they're gonna bribe their way to it. I'm sorry, but that's just yet to Fred. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't criticize. I shouldn't criticize news reporters. But just, just how is Lao going to pay it back? Oh no! In practice, it's going to pay back with natural resources. He says this railway could metaphorically become a conveyor belt for exporting valuable mineral resources out of the country to China. Again, dear Fred, that's kind of the point. So China can then on-sell it, well actually, can on-sell it and keep the profits. I mean, yes, but also this is going to cost like one trillion dollars with a T. And, and, you know, that's that's also going to be something that's worth considering as well. It's going to cost a heck of a lot of money. And whether this money is going to be paid up front or not is a whole other story. But what about what about us? The project, will, what will the project mean to Australia remains to be seen. With local companies being encouraged to explore how they might be able to get on board, 
A working group between the two countries have been established, but with Jean Dong saying in May that Aussie companies need to stop being arrogant and domestically focused in order to get a piece of the hot market in China. The Chinese hot market? Mm. Uh, so, well, yes, but also we need to be domestically focused because for some reason people in this country still think that there's a coal boom. So, you know, we haven't really, we haven't really got all of our stuff together and if we haven't got all of our stuff together, we will... How can we, quote unquote, invest in, quote, invest in a hot deal in China, unquote. And you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, we have to get everything in our arsenal correct first before we look at being involved with this Chinese investment railway belt, which... What benefit would it have for us directly? We don't have any stake in the belt. As per, as, per, as per scene, we're not a part of the belt. It stops at Indonesia. So if we sell something to Indonesia and Indonesia tries to on-sell that to, to China, we don't have any control over that because it's no longer in our kind of possession. So the point on jumping into a jumping into that a when we're not when we're still trying to figure out us, ourselves domestically and b most of our exports go to indonesia anyway it's just a matter of wanting control over those ex exports after they leave wow i went on a rant and i didn't mean to so here uh, but meanwhile uh, also in also in addition to that bishop criticizes the south sea all uh, operations and his is that proof. Julie Bishop says Australia continues to oppose the construction of artificial reefs and the militarisation in the South China Sea. This was during her visit to India. Ms Bishop made the comments during her tour of the subcontinent for talks with her Indian counterpart and Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi. It's important that all states respect international laws including the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, UNCLOS using it to guide their behaviour and resolve disputes. This is how countries in our region need to resolve disputes, including in the South China Sea. And we continue to oppose the construction of artificial reefs and the militarisation of those structures in the South China Sea. During her time in India, the Foreign Minister has signed a key renewable energy initiative it says both countries are working on a free trade deal. There you go. Oh, isn't everyone getting along? But I—that's true. We do oppose, We do still oppose that. That that is also a very good point. That, that audio, courtesy of Sky News, and that is a very good point. That we oppose that, and it's kind of, kind of that uh, one speed piety, or I don't know what you mean. Uh, I do apologise, I don't, yeah. Uh, I need to put that disclaimer up, thank you for that reminder. Uh, but, uh, that is what that is, so there you go. As we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday, well, we're going to be continuing our, our series of 
uh, a series of a series of review of a review. This is this is where we where we do we do kind of take movies and we take their reviews and we uh, and we kind of tear them apart right here live on the show as we continue here on the generic live show thanks for joining us it's Dale Campbell here with you it's 952 Whether we're waking you up or putting you to sleep, this is The Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on The Generic Live Show for a Sunday. Whether you're waking up with us or putting you to sleep, thanks for joining us here on The Generic Live Show. Although on the podcast it doesn't really matter because you can listen to it in the middle of the day. I suppose some people are waking up or going to sleep in the middle of the day. Uh, Anyway, so... There you go. Doesn't really matter. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back for another round of review of a review. This is where we take movies that are popular-ish and we review the reviews. We read reviews of them and kind of review those reviews. Super meta? I know. But there you go. This is... uh, This is... Here we go. So... This is what, this is the first, the first review is called Duped by War. Wow, that's a good title. That is a very good title. Most of these ones, most of these ones are like, movie sucks, or this is stuff, and this, this is stuff. Wow. Duped by War is quite good of a title. I will, will give this one in. It's one star, I won't give the, you know, I won't give the... I won't give the author name, but it's from, they're from the US. This one is called... This is the first time I've ever compelled to write an IMDb review. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Sure. That happens. Righto. This movie should have, have about six stars and hopefully will before it's all done. Okay. Side jag. This person's given it... This person's given it one star... And hopes that it gets six. That makes sense to exactly that many people. But anyway, we'll move on. There is very little war with the humans. Capital H. The actual fight scenes are full of glaring plot holes. Okay. Apparently our army cannot locate and fight a bunch of tribal apes. Despite having all access uh, having access to all the technology you would expect. I really wanted to see a movie invoked ape civilization, but they are almost taken backwards to create sympathy. This leaves the movie being a more political movie. I should have watched Spider-Man this weekend. Well, okay, first of all, this review kind of goes into a little bit of detail about 
about having having that sort of sure I didn't like it because it had a what one star though and should have watched Spider-Man this weekend mm, I'm the only person on planet earth that apparently likes the new Spider-Man movie but di- didn't really like there wasn't too crash hot on this one and yeah, I, I haven't seen more of the planet yet, so I don't, I don't really know. Okay, so this one, this one is called Absolutely Tush. Wow, I'm glad. And now we're back to these titles. All right. Uh, for what of a better word, athological, but only in the sense that the writers defaulted to familiar historical events and Bible storylines to compose an anti-context challenge beer of skip script. Challenge bereft skit script. In parts I questions whether I was watching a movie tailored to the intelligently inspired so Bandle and Dan Brown like were the then the then then served dripping with Sirachi symmetrically and heartstring tugging music swans. What? Sure. Whatever, okay. This review is not making any sense, but okay. And uh, As a showcase for state-of-the-art CGI, it was dot 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 a showcase state-of-the-art CGI. Nothing more. Uh-huh. Okay, sure. A uh, recent reboot one nailed it, two flawed it, a uh, third failed it. Ooh. Uh, get your filthy paws off my franchise, you damn dirty animator. Okay, first of all, Good punch, a good um, poor joke at the end. At the end there, that that was, that was nicely played. I guess, I'm not too sure. Uh, this next one is really is really good. Okay, we're gonna end on this next one. Dumbest movie I've seen in seven lifetimes. <gasps> oh great! This review is even good. Better. I, my day's gotten a whole lot better. Dumbest movie I've seen in my seven lifetimes. Last I checked. Humans only get one lifetime. Uh, wasn't that a song? You only get one chance. Yeah, that's the Eminem song. Don't miss your... Uh, you better lose yourself in the music. Do the... Yeah, that, that, that song. Okay. Really, really, really awful, says this reviewer of the United States. I would have much been watching Despicable Me 3. And that's... And that's... And honest statement. I'm not making that up. That's the sentence. And that's an honest statement. Well, we've got one person who'd much rather be watching Spider-Man 2. Uh, Sp- sorry, uh, watching Spider-Man. And then the next people... Other people would rather be watching Despicable Me 3. Okay, got it. Waste of money. Please pay yourselves $15 or whatever your current denomination of my is. Sure. And that says detonation of, of, of my is... Gotcha. I swear they never researched how US military even works or how they operate. Sure. They would have had to have, but go on. I can't get... I can't... Well, I get that it's supposed to be a rut down military, excuse me, but at Research 1, why do they not drop a bomb on where they know the apes are? 2. Did our surveillance and other tech just stop working when the virus was released? Oh, spoiler. Jeez. Please, uh, three, please, for the love of God, stop making these movies. Well, 
Yes, because uh, because it's a rebooted franchise, and I think it's a trilogy if memory serves me correctly. So that that's how that works, <laughs> I, and that is, that is definitely how that works. But anyway. Ah, that is fun. Anyway, as we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday, well, Comic-Con just happened, and we're going to run down stuff from the Marvel and the DC Cinematic Universe that just got unveiled. That's coming up right at you. Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's, uh, it's 10.01.